You're listening to English with Monty, the podcast about the English language. If you're an English language learner, have a keen interest in language, or you're a teacher, then this podcast is for you. We give tips and advice and discuss topics about learning and teaching. We hope you find it fun and informative that it gives you help and encouragement in your journey with the English language. Hello there, welcome to the ninth episode of English with Monty. Today I have my colleague that I've had a few times before. I, I know people might be getting a bit weary of his voice, but he's back again. It's Gideon. How are you, Gideon? Thank you for that rather underwhelming welcome. <laughs> I'm sorry. No, I, I should I should ramp it up really, shouldn't I? I should be like full of beans and say, uh, yes, Gideon is here. He's amazing. And he's probably the best person in this podcast. Yeah, something like that. We've got a very special guest for you today. Matt That's Damon true. is joining us. Oh, no, no, no. He's not here. Gideon. <laughs> the Matt Damon lookalike is here today. Yeah. So welcome this to is the a podcast. <laughs> yes. That's all I can say. Yes, your, people your, are... Your listeners may be disappointed. Indeed. And probably most people would think that you should have an American accent, which you don't. No. Anyway, yes, welcome to the show. So you don't actually know what I'm going to be talking about. I don't know. I'm quite nervous. It is something that I think you're a bit of an expert on, and I think you're going to find it not too bad in terms of topic. I think you're going to enjoy it. I'm going to talk about false friends. Oh, okay. I like that. When you said you're an expert on, I thought you were going to say sitting on the sofa eating donuts because I thought that was my field of expertise. You're good at that. I, I would have said your expertise was more about drinking coffee than eating donuts. So, well, at the same time. At the same time, yeah. You, you could be a police officer in America. So. <laughs> yes. Starsky and Hatch. So we're going to talk about false friends because I think they can be quite confusing for people. And also as well, I would suggest and also we, we kind of spoke about this briefly in our first podcast episode in terms of there being quite a few false friends between French and English in some cases can be a bit challenging for French people or, or French speakers in order to transition over because there are a few confusing aspects aren't there I wanted to maybe do some phrases with you and see how you do oh if I spot so, the false friends you mean well, I think you'll spot the false friends, but I'm just wondering if you know the actual translation. Ah, very interesting. Uh, yeah. By the way, John, can I just say, just for the heck of it, because I like to say false friends in different languages, can I just say in French is faux amis, and in Spanish it's falsos amigos. We'll start okay. off. My accent in some of these might not be very good. Please forgive me. Hopefully my <laughs> Sure, I can't do any better. Sure. I mean, if you want to come up with some as well, you're very welcome to. Okay. My first one is estoy embarazado. I know what that means. Isn't it embarazada? Shouldn't it be? Oh, yeah, you might be right. Embarazada. Which means... See, I've already got it wrong. Already got it wrong. So, which means? It actually means I'm pregnant. Yes, it does. But right. doesn't mean... But I think English speakers say when it's embarrassed oh, okay embarrassed yeah embarrassado embarrassada yeah they want to say i'm in my trousers fell down in the street i'm i'm pregnant your your trousers fell down the street i'm pregnant yeah in spanish no estoy embarazado 
that, yeah, I'm pregnant. But uh-huh. no, of course, I want to say I'm embarrassed. I thought there was an interesting example here as they were talking about an English woman spills her coffee all over her Spanish boyfriend. And then she says to him, estoy embarazada. Yes, exactly. <laughs> her Spanish boyfriend might be a bit concerned. He so. might run away or propose to her. Yes, depending on how he reacts. Very he could true. propose to her, and then she, she says, no, 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 I meant I just spilled my coffee. I was a bit embarrassed. She goes, oh, sorry, but then it's too late. You mm. can't take back the proposal. So they get married for many years, all because of an accidental coffee spillage. True, and this is how important false friends are, right? In- exactly, life-changing. Yeah, and I would say this English woman probably should have had some better Spanish lessons, I would suggest. So moving on to the next one, you'll probably correct my pronunciation on this because it's going to be a French one. Okay, my French pronunciations, less than good, shall we say. But carry on. Avez-vous les, les boutons? Avez-vous les boutons? Oh, I'm not my sure. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm not sure. Do you have the button? No, you've got me. According to my sources, it means that you have spots on your face. Ah, yes. Yeah, bouton is a spot. So it's not that you've got buttons. But how often do you say, do you have buttons? You were making... <laughs> when was the last time you ever <laughs> used that in English or any other language? Excuse me, do you have any buttons? The, the chocolate, those, those small round discs of chocolate, they're called buttons, aren't they? Okay. So that, that's possible. But also maybe you're making a cardigan. If okay. you're making a cardigan, you need, a, need some buttons. Fair enough. I, I don't make cardigans. I just buy them at the shop. <laughs> Fair enough. I thought that was quite an interesting one, and mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm quite pleased that I foxed you on that one, that you didn't didn't get it. Uh, I'm sure all the French people listening would be like, oh, my God, lives in Paris, doesn't know if he's talking about buttons or spots. <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah. Let's move on to another one. This is not actually going to be in the native language. This could be when a German comes over to the uk for example and they could say to the well, waiter you do german now are you going to do no german? no no i'm i'm not going to do german i'm not going to do a bad accent because I, I think i'd fail miserably potentially they could come to a restaurant and they would say i would like to become a state please why would they say that? oh don't know do they mean i would like to have a steak i assume yes I don't know why i guess it It's kind of like I would like to get a steak. I suppose the translation would be in German, they have bekommen. Yeah. Which would be obviously very similar to become. Yeah. I'm not sure if that ever really happens in restaurants, but it's quite an interesting one, isn't it? Mm, Yeah. Next time in a steakhouse, I'll ask the waiter if they've ever had that. Although I'm a vegetarian, so unlikely. Next one, I was, this is quite an interesting one in Italian. I think this possibly exists in French as well, but I'm, I'm going to say something to you. So, to say un uomo molto sensibile. You're very sensitive guy. Excellent. That was very good, uh, yes. Uh, uh, impressed though, a little bit Italian. Is uh, it the same in French though as well? Yeah, they... same. same. It's the same. And, and in Spanish too, I think, um, yeah. Sensibile uh, not, doesn't mean sensible. It means sensitive, no. doesn't it? Yes, it means sensitive. I guess if you're to say something is sensitivo, what would that mean? Sensitivo? I don't know, actually. Oh, I can't remember. What, what does it mean? It's like you're a bit of a psychic. Ah, okay. 
I didn't know that. Sensible means you do things in the correct way, don't you? Exactly. Sensible child he does his homework and goes to bed on time. Exactly. You don't take any risks. Yeah. I guess it's probably not used too much, to be honest, to be a psychic, really. I, I guess it's more about being emotional in, in some way. So to some mm. extent, I mean, I guess it depends on the context, of course. Yeah. But uh, yes, you could be psychic in this case. I think this is quite a universal one as well. I'm not going to come up with a Portuguese phrase because I think I'll make a complete mess of it. So I'm just going to come up with the word. And I might pronounce it in an Italian way, so I apologize if I do. So, palazzo. Palazzo. <laughs> that, was your, that was your Portuguese accent, was it? Yeah, my best effort. Because <laughs> it is actually... lots of hateful comments now. <laughs> this is true in Italian as well. This is the same kind of word. I didn't know that. Palazzo is a false friend. A it palace. is a false friend, yeah. It doesn't mean palace. It does not mean palace, no. Oh, I don't know. It means building. Oh, okay. Yeah, it is interesting, isn't it? I guess in Portuguese, apparently, the false friend translation would be Regia. Okay. I don't know. That that kind of reminds me of the Queen or something, doesn't it? Regia. Yeah, I was thinking about the Queen. Yeah, Regia. So what, what Regia means building. It means palace. palace. I imagine that English gets the word palace from French. Palace. So maybe that's why it's not the same case with French and English. Yeah, possibly. That was a very interesting one. Okay, we're going to come on to another one, but actually this is going to be English. Okay, going so, the other way around. Well, no, no, I'm not actually going to go the other way around. It's it's actually a translation from English to English. Okay. Which could be a curious one. You might be wondering what I'm going to say. So Gideon, this morning I spilt coffee all over my pants. Ah, this is between British and American English. There you go. Yes. So unless, John, you don't wear trousers and, <laughs> yeah, and you're sitting in the office just in your underwear and you spilt coffee, then I would say that uh, pants, we say trousers in British English, don't we? Yes, we do. This is an interesting one, isn't it? I guess in terms of pants, it's more kind of like briefs, aren't they? So they're not like boxer shorts or anything like that. I guess that's the difference in British English as well. Yeah. Maybe they're not necessarily false friends, but I also thought this was a good opportunity to talk about a couple of other differences just in vocabulary between British English and American English, because you also have... So see if you can do this one. So in American English, you would say trunk. Ah, yeah. That's the boot. I hope I know a lot of these just by watching uh, the American culture. So sort of omnipresent. So I hope uh, I know most of these anyway. Yeah, that's the boot in British English, isn't it? Yes, exactly. Yeah, I think that's a good one to know. And then you have the hood. The hood. That's British English, the hood. <laughs> hood in the car. Yes. In the car con. And the, uh, oh, oh, what is it? The chassis? No. Um, no, that's wrong. <laughs> Got me. What is that? It's a bonnet. Bonnet, yeah, the bonnet, yes. My first reflex is the Americans sometimes. I think you hear it so much in, in TV and movies. Yeah, of course, the bonnet. Look under the bonnet, yeah. Maybe one or two more. So subway? Underground. Yeah. I'm not sure about that. Can I contradict you a little bit? Go on. I think it differs from city to city because in New York, it's a subway, but in Washington, D.C., it's a metro. Ah, okay. okay. And in London, it's the underground, the tube. But I believe in Glasgow, it's called the Metro. 
So that's when, um, you know, my students in Paris, they say, I took the subway this morning. It just doesn't sound right. You say, I took the, it's, it's the metro, it's the Paris metro, it's the name of the thing. So I think it differs from city to city, and it's not always subway or metro or um, underground. That is a good point. But also as well, I would say with subway, it does exist in British English, doesn't it? As like an area where you go under a road. Go, yeah, go under the road. And the yeah. road. Exactly. That's true. Transport uh, system. I think we you could use different words. But yeah, I agree with you. I've got one for you. You, you finish yours because I've got one for you about American British English. And maybe people don't know about, not many people know about. Yeah, sure. Go ahead. And it is a verb, actually. And is the verb to table. What does that mean? Would it be to table a motion? So, for example, you put it in your schedule, like an official schedule for a meeting, for example? Yeah, so so the idea in British English, because you're British, is to talk about something. Okay, I want to table this for the next meeting, okay? But in American English, it has the opposite meaning. To table something means not to talk about it. Well, let's table this and move on to something else. Okay, that's curious. That's curious. And I know, I think, I think my brother told me he went to the States and he used the word to table and they misunderstood him. They thought he wasn't going to talk about it and he started talking about it. And yeah. That is an interesting one, isn't it? You've reached the midpoint of the episode and we thought we'd ask you a quick quiz question about which word is probably the most widely used English word throughout the world. Is it A, okay? B, internet, or C, sex? We'll answer your question at the end of the podcast, so stay tuned. This could be a bit more tricky. Apparently, this is used in Polish. Okay. I'm going to pronounce this really horribly, but ish na spacer. I think you pronounce it horribly. Anyway, I don't know. I have no idea what you're talking about. So, Ishna, space. No, you've got me. Apparently, people confuse it with the idea of having like a space bar on your keyboard. In actual fact, space means to go for a walk. Oh, okay. How would you confuse the two? Excuse me. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 a beautiful day. I'm going to press the space bar. <laughs> it's a good point. I guess you wouldn't, right? I guess in English, there's not really too much of a confusion there, is there? To some extent. Context is king. And I think that's normally how people would understand it. This one, which kind of tickled me, is from a French person wrote in. These are all from kind of the BBC Learning website. But there's a lady that went on a visit to England and she went somewhere and said, I think she was having ragu or or something like that. And uh, she said, could I have some raped cheese, please? Oh, right. Yes. Yes. Fromage rapé. Grated. Yeah. That's a good one. So in, in English, that would be grated, wouldn't it? You grated. can obviously grate cheese, put on, on top of your ragu, or you can grate carrots as well, for example. Did, to put, put in did your you pot. also ask for orange juice in a hurry? <laughs> because in French, you say um, pressé, which means in a hurry, but also means squeezed. Orange, uh, orange pressé, squeezed orange juice or orange juice in a hurry, yeah. Oh, interesting. Maybe not many people have said that. Probably not, no. By the way, John, I, I do have a couple for you when you when you finish yours. I have a couple of uh, false friends. Yeah, go ahead. Sto- go false friends stories. Is this now the time? Yeah, now is the time. That's a great moment. When I was in Spain, a friend of mine made a faux pas with a false friend. He went to the park 
with a girl he was seeing, and he said, hay muchas putas en el parque. <laughs> and he used the word putas, which means prostitutes. And she was very surprised. Said, what, are you, what are you talking about? And he meant to say patos, which means ducks. Ah, okay. So yeah. There's lots of ducks in the park because it was nice. There's lots of ducks. There's lots of prostitutes in the park. In fact, there was another story about a, a guy in a taxi who was saying, voy ir al barrio. Uh-huh. And he kept on saying barrio. In that case, it would be like bar. The taxi driver was very kind of taken aback how insistent he was uh, of going to the barrio. But uh-huh. do you know what that means? But barrio is the neighborhood. Okay, interesting. Perhaps it means something different depending on where you're from in the Spanish-speaking world. So apparently it can also mean the red light district. Okay. I thought Barrio Rojo or something, isn't it? Possibly, No, Barrio Chino, the Chinese quarter. I think in Spain that's what they said. So I'm not sure. I'm sure you're right. It might have different uses throughout the Spanish-speaking world. We need a Spanish person, (laughs) Spanish-speaking person. We do. So if, if anybody has noticed any irregularities in what we're saying then please do let us know we, we always like people writing in or leaving comments because also as well I, I thought this is an interesting one what do you call a carjack in uh in spanish i don't know el gato oh yeah the yeah cat. <laughs> exactly yeah it's brilliant isn't it yeah i didn't know that you just have this image of a cat holding up a car yeah, while well, you change your tire, there's the cat just with its Why is it a cat? I, well, I guess maybe because you find cats under cars and perhaps some of them are quite strong. I've got one from French. Be careful of using the word excité, excited, because English say, I'm very excited. I'm, I'm just um, starting a, a new job today. I'm very excited. Excited, excité mean, means, you know, sexually excited, hot, horny. Ah. So, yeah, there's another one you have to be careful of. Yeah, that's a key one, isn't it? I, I hope you're not excited at the moment. <laughs> Sorry to disappoint you, John, but no, no, I'm not. I feel very relieved now. I'm excited. Yeah, no, in the English sense, I am. Okay, and yeah, well, of sense, course. Yeah, I, thought, I wasn't sure what your question was uh, or what you were referring to, but uh, <laughs> no, in the English sense of the word, I'm very excited. Of course, I'm excited. It's an honour. It's a beautiful moment. It's a privilege. Yeah, I'm excited. Yeah. Well, exactly. I mean, now I was thinking the English sense. I wouldn't think any other way, so yeah. <laughs> I don't know if you have any more coming up, but I came across one with Swedish, which I thought was quite interesting. Okay. You'd walk around the street. See see if you know this one. Again, I'm my pronunciation is probably terrible. But walking around the street going, kisse, kisse, kisse. No idea. Pronunciation could be kiss. I don't know any Swedish. So I'm not asking for a kiss. I am looking for my puss. So my cat. Oh, how often do you lose your cat? Not very often, because I don't. <laughs> don't okay. I have, I have one from Swedish. Can I, uh, you reminded me of one from, from, from Sweden. Also, apparently, kiss in Swedish actually means urine. Okay. Don't put a kiss at the end of your love you... letter. <laughs> Spelt the same way? Yes, apparently, yes. If you're talking about your puss, it's, it's K-I-S-S-E. And then if you are talking about urine, it's K-I-S-S-E. Apparently. Well, I have one from Swedish and also one from Korean. Oh, excellent. So the Swedish one is, I know someone who was in Sweden, wanted to pay for something with a credit card. She got out the credit card. And then the person, the cashier said, can I see your leg? 
He said, what? <laughs> can, can I see your leg? And apparently leg is an identity card in Sweden. And she was rather confused oh, okay. by the request. Yeah, that is a confusing request, isn't it? And did she show her leg to, to the person? She showed her leg, yeah. Which leg, I won't say. <laughs> and Korean, you said. Korean. This I get from watching too many Korean serials on Netflix. They always say the same thing. I don't know if it's a counts as a false friend, except but they often they stick up their fists and say, fighting. You <laughs> always see that in Korean dramas. Fighting. I'm doing it now, even over the, uh, <laughs> over the microphone. No one can see me, but I'm sticking up my fist and saying, fighting. Do you know what it means? It's not about having fight then no it means good luck oh okay you know you're going in for exam someone will say to you fighting or whatever you have to do which requires luck okay mm. i like it actually i think i'm going to adopt it in english it's better than saying yeah good luck mate <laughs> i guess you say break a leg in english don't you break a you leg. would say break a leg and why would you say break a leg it's some sort of superstition in the theater isn't it do you know the reason I think it is something to do with the superstition, isn't it, in the theatre? So, yeah, it's it's like... The opposite you want. Yeah, you say something which is the opposite of what you want. Yeah. The original expression is don't break a leg, isn't it? Oh, is it? I think okay. so, yeah. Because so, if you're on stage, it's like saying, good luck, make sure you don't fall off the stage and break a leg. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. Don't break a leg, yeah. as far as I know. Okay. Going to move on to maybe one last one. So with Turkish, mm-hmm. apparently... The Turkish word for hello is merhaba. Mm-hmm. Try hard to resist the temptation to say higher. So, for example, you would say that in English to say higher, to say hello. Mm-hmm. But okay. apparently in Turkish, higher means testicle. Oh. oh. So that wouldn't create a very good first impression. Yeah, you're right. Yes. They'll be careful. Testicle, everybody. Testicles. <laughs> Because I guess maybe higher is a bit more of an expression, maybe from Wales, South Wales, isn't it? Possibly. Yeah. To say hello, more of a colloquial expression. Mm-hmm. That's about it for now. I mean, I think with false friends, and I guess listeners would know that there are quite a number of them, aren't there, really? And we could certainly make another episode out of this, and maybe we will in the future. If you have any particular false friends that, you wanted to point out or, or wanted to be included in the next show, then send me an email. So john at montyenglish.co.uk. And also, I think, Gideon, you have a good false friends episode on your YouTube channel, don't you? Let them talk TV. No. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I don't have. With friends. Do you not? <laughs> well, it's more specific. I did a couple of videos about French false friends. Okay. okay. That French speakers make in English. So, but that's a good idea for a YouTube video. But we got lots of other YouTube, lots of other videos on YouTube on our channel. Let them talk TV. Mm-hmm. Got my plug in there. Yes, you did. Also, we've just done an episode for your podcast, Zeitgeist Banana. Yes, the podcast called Zeitgeist Banana, and my very special guest this week is. Oh, it's you. <laughs> it's you, John. Yeah, it's always me or Matt yeah. Damon. Yeah, almost always you. Yeah, almost always. <laughs> no one else is prepared to sit and chat for me for forty-five minutes. They find it intolerable. But you, I put up with you. It's true. But also, you you do buy me the occasional coffee. And I did hear a rumor that you paid James a thousand pounds for his episode. So I'm a bit jealous. You just got the the Pringles that I promised to send you, which never actually arrived. Then must be a quarantine thing. 
something mm. between France and England. Maybe you're not allowed to send Pringles through the post. Something like that. It's, it's okay. I don't mind. So, yeah, thanks for listening. And thanks for coming, Gideon. You're welcome. Tune in soon. Remember our quiz question from earlier about which word is probably the most widely used English word throughout the world? Well, the answer is quite interesting. The answer is A, okay. So, yeah, I guess it might be. We say okay a lot. Tune in next time to English with Monty.